Hello, and welcome to Chad's ADHD 365 podcast. This program is sponsored by Tris Pharma. Tris Pharma uses LiquiXR technology to develop innovative medicines that address unmet patient needs, including the treatment of ADHD and related disorders. Tris Pharma is dedicated to keeping patients with ADHD and their families educated and connected. Visit TrisPharmaProducts.com to find educational resources and more information on Tris Pharma's treatment options for patients six years and older with ADHD. Welcome. I'm your host, Alondra Perez. Today, we will be discussing supporting your child at school in a role play form with a teacher and a parent. Today's guest, we have Lacey Colbreth and our parent, Jamie Demuth, who will be asking Lacey questions on supporting a child with their academics. Thank you both for being here with us today. Lacey, can you give us some background information about yourself? I'm a special education teacher. I'm also a certified ADHD instructor. And I am head of school at a school in Savannah, Georgia called Chatham Academy. And it's a specialized school for children with learning disabilities. We serve kids that have ADHD, specific learning disabilities, dyslexia, dysgraphia, and other related learning differences. Thank you so much, Lacey. Jamie, you can go ahead and start with your questions whenever you're ready. Uh, My first question is, what are some of the challenges that you're aware of that a child with ADHD may face at school? Um, I kind of try to take a look at it from three different perspectives. There's the ADHD where there's inattention. There's ADHD where there's hyperactivity. So uh, an inattentive ADHD kid makes careless mistakes, is easily distracted, doesn't seem to listen even though you're speaking directly to them. They might not finish a worksheet even though they know how to do every single question on the worksheet. Uh, They don't always like to do things that require them to tax their brains for a long period of time. They might resist doing certain areas of their learning that's hard for them. They are disorganized often. They lose their homework. They might complete their homework, but they lose it somewhere between the table they're working at and their book bag. Hyperactivity, uh, you get, they're the kids that fidget, they bounce, they tap, they hum, they can't stay in their seat. They might blurt out questions, uh, answers to questions before the teacher is finished even asking the question. They interrupt, things like that. And then I think socially, Within the classroom, whether you're inattentive or hyperactive or a combination of both, you see some social problems too. They have trouble with friends. They have trouble playing games out on the playground. They miss out on a lot of social cues. They don't know when somebody's done talking about something and they want to talk about something else. Sometimes, you know, they won't pick up on the fact that somebody's having a really bad day and they might not want you to talk to them, even though you're really excited to talk to them. That's just a small little snapshot of what it might look like in the classroom. That's excellent that you pointed out the different types of ADHD, and I think that's something for parents to be aware of, too, that the inattentive and hyperactive can present different challenges. There's also kind of, you can get kids that are almost lethargic as well. They're laying on the table and they can't do anything. It's different with every kid. So just the general stuff. Absolutely. So if my child then is struggling, what are some ways that teachers can help them? 
at school? I, I try to start each day with setting a kid up for success. So ADHD kids don't need distractions. They don't need colorful things in front of them. So I put them in a place where I minimize distractions. I'm a huge believer in verbal and nonverbal cues because oftentimes they don't realize that they're doing anything that they shouldn't be doing, or they don't realize that they're being disruptive. You know, whether it's tapping on the desk or saying something to help them redirect, providing immediate feedback is really important for ADHD kids. I like to immediately say something good about them doing something right, and then also be paying enough attention to them to prevent them from making mistakes. Because if you're doing something that's really, really hard for you and you think you know how to do it right, and you work through the whole problem just to find out that you forgot the second step, that can be really discouraging for an ADHD kid. At the same time, giving them breaks. I'm not going to give an ADHD kid a huge worksheet of 45 math problems. I might let them circle five and then take a break. I love multi-sensory instruction, audio, visual, and hands-on as much as possible. Anything that integrates movement with learning, whether you're doing math facts by throwing a ball around the room, or maybe you're physically building some sort of sentence in ELA, any of that kind of stuff seems to kind of harness some of their attention. It's important to help ADHD kids really see that they're improving. A lot of times every day feels so hard, they get discouraged and they don't see the overall improvement. They don't always see the big picture. I think having like a growth chart is really cool. The kids can individualize it, customize it, but they can really visually and put together something that shows them getting better. I think it's really important, the social aspect as well is you facilitate interactions in small groups. You help them say the right thing or do the right thing in a small group setting, and then also facilitating friendships, pairing them up with a kid that they might be able to create a friendship with um, is so important because if learning is hard and making friends is hard, your self-esteem is going to suffer. And that just makes school that much harder. Last but not least, most important is creating a team, a team between the student the teacher and the parents, I think um, you have to start from a group and working towards a goal altogether. Those are excellent tips. How do I talk to or should I talk with my child's teacher? What kind of communication should be there? Oh, I think communication is super important. I always think it's good to start with expecting miscommunication to happen. Uh, teachers are very busy often have multiple students that they're trying their very best for, and your, your child has their one way of viewing what happened to them that day. And we already know, like a lot of times ADHD kiddos, they just don't always have that accurate perception of what really happened, or maybe they forgot. So expect miscommunication and, and be patient and make sure that the communication that you try, the channels that you try to open, um, you know, you're patient and, and you listen and ask questions and try to clarify it as much as you can. Uh, a lot of ADHD kids are on medicine, so you need to constantly be talking about medicine. Some of the worst days I've ever seen ADHD kiddos have is when they forgot their medicine. And mom forgot to tell the teacher that she forgot the medicine. Because if you can know, oops, it, it's not a problem. But people don't know that the kid's off the medication. So they're like, why is he acting this way? This is terrible. I'm, I, he needs to go out. And, you know, 
But if you already know they're off their medicine, you can handle them entirely differently and you can talk to them about, hey, I know you're not on your medicine and that's okay, but I need you to try and do your best. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel like you can't do this anymore before we have a blow up, talk to me. You know, we can shorten the assignment. We can do something else. You can make this up later when you are on your medicine. Observable changes too when you're on medicine. Is the medicine working at home, but not working at school? Did you make a medicine change? What kind of side effects can we look for at school? How can we provide you and the doctor with information that will tell you, is the medicine appropriate? Is it working? Is he getting moody? Uh, is she crying all the time? Does she seem withdrawn? Has she lost all of her beautiful, bubbly, wonderful personality? That's all things that I think are so important that parents talk about. I've had parents say they love that the medication works at school, but when they're coming off of it and they get home, they get the negative, moody, aggressive, confrontational behavior. So it's just not working. And then also just talking about the self-esteem and giving parents an idea of like, hey, school is really hard, but what does your kid like to do? What, what's your kid good at? So when you're at home, you can highlight some of those things. Oh, wow, you know, you did great at the baseball game, or it was so cool that uh, you were able to learn to do the flip at gymnastics. And then when the teacher is talking to the kid at school and maybe they're feeling down, the teacher can be like, I know that, you know, I know this math is really, really hard, but you're so, so good at flag football. And that's also a good way to help them make friends too, is just highlighting what they're good at. It's amazing what an impact a teacher bragging on a kid that struggles can do in a classroom. Then all of a sudden the other kids are like, oh, wow, that's really cool. When and how, as a parent, should I keep in contact with my child's teachers? What would you recommend for parents with kids with ADHD? What's kind of a good communication plan? I think the more communication, the better, but I'm very lucky that I teach at a really small specialized school. I would begin at the beginning of the year, maybe even before the school year starts, and establishing the preferred ways of communication. Um, is it text? Is it email? Is it phone calls? And when's the best time to get a hold of your teacher? Because teachers have crazy schedules. I have teacher friends that stay at school till six o'clock at night, every day, trying to get everything done, the paperwork done, the papers graded, the lesson plans created. And sometimes in the mornings, there's so many asks of the teacher, they can't stop and talk to you. First thing, they have to get their class started. It's establishing the preferred communication and then what time and be direct. Teachers don't have a lot of time. And I love as a mom and a parent of a kid with ADHD and dyslexia, I feel like I need to tell everything. I feel like I need to start from here and then I need to explain and then, you know, but teachers don't always have enough time. So just be direct with your question. We started ADHD medicine. We changed your meds last week and today's Monday. Let me know how it goes. Please look out for the side effects, da, 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 da. Or so-and-so, your child had a tr trouble with an assignment and you're questioning whether the assignment was appropriate or did your child just not know how to do it? You know, you can just be really direct and specific and also listening to what the teacher has to say back and take notes is, is a really good idea. It, it'll just help you as a parent keep track of your part in your kid's educational team. So be direct, figure out what the teacher's preferred communication style, and then also key is listening also to teacher yeah. feedback. And if you get doors closed in your face, 
If your child is in RTI, has a 504, an IEP, if you feel like your teacher is not communicating, is not cooperating, you have every right to go over the teacher's head and figure out why and what needs to be fixed. Don't just let the teacher ignore. I'm glad you added that last point there because that kind of segues into my next question. So if my child's on an IEP, how do I know if the accommodations set out in that plan if they're being followed by the teacher? Good question. I think it's important and it's hard, but I think you really need to understand your rights as a parent, what the IEP and the 504 provides your student, what the accommodations are and what that really looks like. I've read hundreds and hundreds of IEPs. And when I first started, I had no idea what it meant. 84% of the time doing what? Um, How many sight words do they have to read? If you don't have somebody at school that's willing or another parent that you know that's willing to help you with it, I would always suggest reaching out for an advocate or somebody that in the community that will help you kind of decode a 504. We have at my school, we have some parent advocates that we can hook up people with to help them and just kind of give them a better understanding of what they're dealing with. And then ask the teacher, well, how are the accommodations going? If the teacher doesn't know that your kid has accommodations or she doesn't know what the accommodations are, that's a problem. Maybe not necessarily her fault, but somewhere along the line, there's a breakdown. And then at home, you ask your kid, of course, you know, kids aren't always going to remember everything, but you'll get a gist of, you know, is your kid getting extra time? Is the teacher modifying the homework? Is he sitting by the door next to the hallway where everybody's moving and there's constant noise? Or does he have a seat in the front away from distractions? You know, your, your kid will communicate with you. And then check to see when progress monitoring is done. Within the, at least kids that have IEPs, if the accommodations in place are working, you should be seeing progress. If you're not, either the accommodations aren't being done or they're not working and they need to be reevaluated. I wasn't quite sure when you said progress monitoring, but you explained that well. Most teachers are required to do some sort of like a weekly, monthly, quarterly progress monitoring. And that's some of the stuff that really helps them drive the way they evaluate the IEP. So, you know, if your teacher is saying the accommodations are being done, your kid is saying, yeah, I'm getting these accommodations, but you're not seeing significant progress, it means there's a problem. And during the next IEP meeting or the 504 meeting, which I think you only get those once a year, um, it's an opportunity for you to go into that meeting an informed parent that you know, hey, this isn't happening, it's not working. So as a team, you guys can decide what to do differently. My next question is, how can I help my child at home in a way that reinforces the support they're receiving at school? We have target behaviors at school, and it's great to create target behaviors at home. Um, And it depends on the kiddo. Sometimes you want to start with one thing that you want to help them do better at home. Um, maybe it's organizing their homework and putting it in their book bag. Maybe it's the bathroom getting ready for bed routine. Did you brush your teeth? Did you, know, did you do all these things? It might be getting ready in the morning, making a checklist. Okay, I get out of bed, it's Monday. What do I need to do? And you know, sometimes ADHD kids are be like, I need to brush my teeth, but I didn't eat breakfast. So I'm gonna bring my biscuit into the bathroom while I'm brushing my, you know, I mean, they're all over the place. I, and I love, love, love visual organizers. If it works for kids, some kids aren't visual, but a checklist. Did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? And in what order do I need to do it? 
so that it makes sense because you're teaching them how to organize and logically go through tasks. And that will help them at school as well. And then communicate with your teacher. If you're really thinking less on like daily stuff and more on like homework and studying, ask the teacher, you know, and you'll have the IEP or the 504. So you'll have a basic idea, but ask your teacher, what are they working on in the classroom? What things are working? Like maybe if there's a cue for redirecting, just tapping on the table twice. If you see that your child is looking out the window and daydreaming, you know, that might be something that you can do at home too, instead of being like, James, do your homework. You know, sometimes it's because ADHD kids get irritated with us just as much as they get irritated with other people. So figuring out what works together, asking your child, okay, this homework assignment looks kind of hard. Um, how would you do this at school? What would your teacher do? Do you have to do all of it? I'm a huge fan of circle five or circle 10. You pick the problems that you want, you know, and half the time they'll pick hard ones sometimes. So um, same thing, if you're trying something at home, share it with your teacher. You know, maybe your child's coming home and saying, oh my gosh, my teacher's doing this and it's driving me crazy and I'm not understanding what she's doing. Sometimes the communication can go both ways and you can say, Hey, I, I know my, my son and he really would respond better to this. Maybe it's worth giving a try. Might take some stress off your life too. And just knowing the IEP and the accommodations, kind of looking at that and seeing how that can translate to home. What would you recommend for parents of say like a high school student where they have more teachers? Do I need to contact all of their teachers? What would you recommend? In my opinion, by the time kids, even kids with learning disabilities get to high school, I hope that they have been learning some self-advocacy. Um, high school is a really difficult transition for any kid and a kid with a disability or ADHD, it's, it's doubly hard. But if a, a child can walk into a room with confidence and know the right time to speak to the teacher, and sometimes maybe a parent can help them understand what time that is um, and say, hey, I have ADHD. I struggle with this, this, and this. It really helps me to be successful in your class to have this, this, and this. I have a 504. I have an IEP. Now, not all kiddos can do that. I know. But for me, as a parent of an ADHD child and a teacher, that's my, that's what I want um, because that's, what's going to take them through the rest of their life. Um, if that's not where your kid's at, I think it's great to try and contact the SPED teacher that's in charge of your kid's IEP or 504. Usually in, there's one teacher that's kind of in charge of the paperwork. And then that person sends the information out to the other teachers and say, hey, I would like to create a communication plan. Are you my go-to person? You know, can I go to you? Um, if not, you know, you can say, okay, you know, I, I, I guess I'm going to reach out to the, the teachers individually. If you're going to talk to individual teachers, you have to ask some questions first. Um, hey, I'm so-and-so's mom. Did you know that my kid has, you know, 504 IEP? 
oh, you didn't. Mm, then your problem isn't necessarily with the teacher. It would be more with the administration. Maybe the teacher does know and, um, you know, forgot or didn't look or missed that email. You know, so it, you don't want to attack first, even though that's like our parent instinct <laughs> to just go, ah, you're not doing this. Um, but it, it, that can also set you off on the wrong foot with the teacher for the whole rest of the year, which I've been on the wrong foot so many times <laughs> myself, you know, listen, ask some questions first, and then, you know, ask if they know what the accommodations are, how they're working. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, the next step might be going over and, and talking to, you know, their SPED coordinator or an administrator. Um, and another super important thing in high school is talking about transitions. Usually at 14 is when the school um, IEP team, whatever, will start talking about the next step. Um, so, and that, and that's a huge thing. And, and that in itself requires a lot of communication because you're really planning for starting to lay the groundwork for what comes after graduation. And I think that really goes back to your uh, point about self-advocacy too. I think that's that's so important for kids. And sometimes as parents, we just want to kind of, you know, contact the teacher right away, mm -hmm. um, but we kind of need to stop and step back. So that brings us then to my last question. And I've actually had this happen. So I'm curious what your advice is. What can you do as a parent if the teacher isn't familiar with ADHD and how it shows up in the classroom? Anybody that's an educator should know about ADHD. It affects 6.1 million students. That's 13.6% of all of the high school kids. So that just means that there's some ADHD kids in everybody's classroom. So I, I really don't think there's any excuse for not knowing what ADHD is. If I had a teacher that said they didn't know what ADHD was, I would take three or four deep breaths and then say, would you like some information about ADHD? I want my child to be successful in your room, in your class. My child wants to be successful, but these are some problem areas or these are some things that you are going to want to know to help you and my child have a successful year this year and then provide some information. A lot of teachers who maybe don't understand how to look for it or what, how to see what ADHD is and see the difference between a kid who's just acting out versus a kid that has ADHD is like the behavior checklists. We use the Vanderbilt assessment scale and you can give that to a teacher and you can say, hey, you know, watch my kid in the class today, fill this thing out. Oh, wow, we got a lot of checks here. You know, that's see, that's how you see this is ADHD. This isn't my kid is bad that my kid struggles and has this learning disability. This is why this is happening in the classroom. And I have a lot of great information to share with you. And then, you know, God forbid, you do have a teacher that doesn't know what ADHD is. You can start again, start off on the right foot, not battling each other, but communicating, working together. Cause it really does take a team effort to help these kids reach the success that, that they need. Thank you so much. You've given us a lot as parents to think about and some really good strategies for open communication with our children's teachers. I appreciate your time, Lacey. Thanks so much. Oh, of course. It was nice to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you so much to the both of you. Lacey, is there anything else that you would like to add that may be helpful for parents? 
we talked a lot about communication today and also a lot about educating yourself as a parent and um, always thinking about it as a team. You know, you can't do it by yourself. So it's good to seek out help when you don't know what to do. Reach out and, and find the help that you need to help your kid be successful. That is very helpful. Thank you. And I understand these conversations may not be easy for parents to have, but I hope this is helpful for parents to gain an idea of questions that they can ask their teachers and how they can start a conversation with them. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this podcast sponsored by Tris Pharma, the makers of LiquiXR technology. Tris Pharma is committed to supporting the ADHD community through education and innovation. Learn more at trispharmaproducts.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chad's ADHD 365 podcast.